Hi, everybody. Before we get started, I just wanted to let everybody know that we recorded this episode before the Uvalde massacre, um, and it just really obviously rocked us like it did everybody else. So this episode is a little late because we wanted to just pay some respect and give some time um, to let everyone sort of grieve and come to terms with our life right now. Um, that being said, in this episode, around an hour and three minutes in, uh, we do have a little discussion about medical marijuana patients and whether they should be allowed to be gun owners or not. So I wanted to let you guys know that we did leave that in um, because felt like a good topic to speak about at the time. And I feel like if we're going to be, you know, it's so hard to even talk about this stuff. Um, I don't know. I just felt like if we're going to talk about compromising and coming up with gun safe laws, we should be having these kinds of conversations. Um, but just wanted to let you guys know if you want to skip that, it's around a minute or I'm sorry, a minute, an hour and three minutes. Um, other than that, enjoy our episode with Jenny Blaze from Bravo and Blaze. He charged me with resisting arrest. Get that confidence in jail. I object. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a very special episode of Allegedly Bravo. I'm Lauren. And I'm Cash. And today we have a very special guest with us. We have Jenny Blaze from Bravo and Blaze. Hello. How are you? Hi, everyone. Hi, Lauren. Hi, Cash. How are you? Good. We're so excited to have you. Um, before we jumped on here, we were talking a little bit about, um, where we all came from and where we're living and how weed is sort of like looked at differently in, in different places. And we thought today we were going to bring you an episode all about marijuana, all about how it started, how it's been stigmatized, de-stigmatized the laws about it. And so we thought there'd be no better person than one of our nearest and dearest, Jenny Blaze. How are you? Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's such an honor to be here. I've been following you guys since the beginning, I think. Yes. You started about a year ago? About a year ago. Yeah. I remember yeah. the first time we actually communicated was yeah. you, you were going on Watch What Happens Live. Yes. And you uh, messaged us and you were like, hey, can I wear this shirt? And it wasn't it the one right it's behind you? Yeah. It's <laughs> it's Luann with a purple wig. <laughs> um, It's just her mugshot. And I didn't know because not only did I want to wear it on screen, I wanted to um, sell it. <laughs> Oh, I wanted to yeah. put in my shop for yeah. others because I feel like Luann, Luann's mugshot just means so many things. I feel like for one, it's like 
royalty falling from, you know, having their fall from grace or whatever. But then at one point, she also she emerged as a butterfly from her cocoon Mm -hmm. at one point. So it's like, there's so much meaning behind this mugshot. It's not just, you know, a mugshot. And so I think I wound up Googling it. (laughs) I don't remember what I did, but, or (laughs) did you tell me like, it's, it's different state to state. And she got arrested in Florida. Mm -hmm. So I Googled like what County and I Googled, it said something like if, if it's public record, then it's free game pretty much. Yeah. And yeah. They posted it. I don't know what county it was, but. And mostly mugshots are public record, except for in California. They just recently passed a law that mugshots can only be posted by police departments if it's like aggravated or some type of felonious. That's probably a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but now I'm like, dang, but I want to see what all these celebrities look like when they're getting yeah. into the paddy wagon. We, we still haven't <laughs> seen Jen Shaw's mugshot. I'm I disappointed know. about that. Okay, wait, really quickly, going back to Countess Luann, since this yes. is a marijuana-fueled episode, yeah. do you think Countess Luann consumes weed? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think it's been confirmed somewhere, but I I don't really like, I'm not a fact checker, news <laughs> releaser type we of person. <laughs> I'm not like, a, I'm not even like a tea dropper. I just, I'm just here like <laughs> trying to support other women and cannabis consuming mothers. Okay. So you think, and if it's been confirmed, I guess this is just going to be us speculating. How do you think she consumes it? Is she a tincture lady? Is she a gummy? Is she a CBD THC hybrid. 100% Milan is smoking joints. Mm-hmm. And, and hold on. Let me grab something. I have so many good props. I just <laughs> This is so fun. Jenny has like an entire wall behind her that is just chock full of like memorabilia. It's yeah. a watch what happens live ask inspired wall. And I love well, it. Well, Luann, I keep that on purpose because, you know, recording my own podcast, I'm alone. Yeah. So every, I just like, you know, it's <laughs> nice to have a coworker who you just like bounce ideas off of. So I just right. turn and I'm like, Luann, what do you think? What do you but, think? Um, <laughs> I really do think she would have some kind of joint holder, like a yes. These ones, and I'm not getting paid for this, but it should be. <laughs> should be. Um, High Society Collection has the best joint holders. They're so cute. <gasps> you know who else has joint holders is Destiny Rose from Shaws of Sunset. Really? Yeah. She has a whole 420 collection. Like she released Al- Alu, I think. Wow. Do you guys okay. know Shaws? Yes, yeah, she does. I'm actually really glad you brought Shaws up because okay, I have I a question now for you. <laughs> I'm in, okay. So I, I actually appreciate that Destiny created the line because I respect oh. her more than Golnessa. <laughs> so what are your thoughts on Gigi's weed line that she has? And did you see the interview she did yeah. when they filmed and she was stoned at stony baloney oh <laughs> and okay, it's so one of the most cringe worthy. It was, it, it was, I, Ride or die for Gigi. I don't condone all of her behavior. Like this Lala Randall stuff is a little bit icky. Um, And I understand people not liking her, but I 
love her one because she is a can of mom. I love her journey. She started off super ratchet. Let's be honest. And now she's like, she's a mother. She's taken on single motherhood and just like, she's set a good example, I think for so many women. And the fact that she started her cannabis company, Wusa was so amazing. I was rooting for her following Wusa on Instagram, everything. I think she maybe lacks some of the mentorship in the business world or like for any female entering the cannabis industry right now, there's only, I don't know the exact number, so don't quote me, but I think it's like 20% or less than 20% that are, are female executives. And wow. the number has been de- decreasing over the years or in the last couple of years. So I think if Gigi had someone who maybe had some experience and could help guide her, I think Wusa could have been amazing. And I still think it could be. I just think that she needs a little bit of help in running that company and scaling it to, you know, what it really has the potential to be. Yeah, just my opinion. And actually, I not to plug my own stuff already because we're like five no, minutes plug in. it always <laughs> but <laughs> i am starting a program for cannabis consuming mothers or other otherwise known as cannamoms um, who want to start their career in the cannabis industry or you know pivot from whatever industry they're in now to cannabis um, or also anyone who already has a business in cannabis who wants to scale it to the next level Um, Because my prior experiences in as an IT corporate consultant, I was telling you guys earlier, and my last role that I had with PricewaterhouseCoopers, I um, helped manage and operate a $70 million business and grew it to over $200 million by the time I left. And I left because of my maternity leave, but also because I knew that that was not what I was meant to do. (laughs) I knew that there were bigger and and greater things for me and a bigger purpose for me. So, um, but going back to the goal NASA interview, I'm hoping to teach women how to show up in a professional way. I know what it's like on the corporate side. I need to help teach women, my own children. I was telling Lauren, before you join, I have four daughters and I want to make sure that they have the tools and resources to enter the workforce and not only be able to hold their own, but also be trailblazers and leaders in the, whatever industry they decide to go in. Mm-hmm. You know, I just want them to follow their passion, be able to be financially independent, and also be able to manage their life through motherhood or even just as a female, even if you don't have children. Like we go through way different things that men do. Mm-hmm. And I want to help empower women to enter that workforce and feel confident and also be like, you know what? I, yeah, I do smoke weed and I'm yeah. successful and so I'm productive what? and I'm actually a good person and a mm-hmm. better person because when I smoke weed, I can then go and do some ABC puzzle, right? Um, what's it called? Marion Douglas or whatever. <laughs> and like actually get into it. Yeah. And feel like I'm bonding more with my child because I'm actually able to tune out mm-hmm. all of the noise that I have going on as a mother. 
you know that, or even as a female, we have so many things that we're trying to juggle. Mm-hmm. And I just want to like focus on being present and enjoying the time with my children. Yeah. So to wrap up the Golnessa, did you think she was too <laughs> high during the interview? Yes. So that's okay. part of um, what's going to be included in my program, like how to show up as a professional, as it, as a woman in the cannabis industry, you need to know your limits. Like I just smoked right before we started. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) I know that, and I made sure that I didn't smoke as much. Mm -hmm. So I, cause I knew, I know my limits. I know myself and it's about forever. I encourage anyone, whether you smoke weed or not to really learn about yourself, know your body. I also have a um, health coach certification and a hot yoga trainer certification. So it has been a big part of my entire holistic wellness journey and really connecting my mind and body. And so I don't know, I forgot where I was going with that. <laughs> yes. With Golnessa, I think she probably smoked too much. I think that she, I would encourage any woman, if they're going into a situation like that, maybe smoking is probably not the best thing, but if you know, you can handle it, then go for it. Yeah. Yeah. She hit, she, I think, you know what I think happened actually in that specific circumstance, I think she was nervous because she's never been in that kind of situation. She literally was asking a group of men for money. Mm. I mean, imagine that kind of anxiety. And that's why like, I still root for Golanessa because yeah, Yeah. she, she kind of dropped the ball on that opportunity, but she has so many other opportunities in front of her that she can still take on. If she learns from her mistakes and improves and grows. We'll be back after a quick break. Finding Ruby is the incredible true story of a 16 year old tricked by a seemingly innocent Facebook message, a message that would lead her from the protection of the mountains to the nightmare of an online trafficking den. Her first message to me was like, Hi, are you looking for a job? Ruby is hidden from the world, from everyone except her abusers. But she isn't alone. There is a team of people looking for her, and they will stop at nothing to find her. This isn't just the fight of her life, it's their fight too. Search for Finding Ruby today. That's more than we can say for most of the women on this, on these programs. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's why I love watching it. I know me too. (laughs) Um, so we were like, kind of, I, well, I was going really deep into some reading about like, um, how cannabis has been used. You were mentioning how as a mom, it helps you tune out the stuff from the outside and just like focus on your kids and all that. Well, I was reading about marijuana because I was like, wait, obviously this isn't something new, right? Like it's a plant plant. that's been around (laughs) forever, right? They don't just sprout out of nowhere. Right. So I found this study from the University of Sydney and they were talking about how cannabis was first used, like the first known use of cannabis is in 2800 BC. Mm Mm-hmm. That's like um, before Jesus, before Jesus, <laughs> Jesus wasn't even a blink in the eye. <laughs> there are rumors that, <clears throat> excuse me, that Jesus smoked weed. Oh, you know, it, 
if that book says that he's going around turning water into wine, he could party. <laughs> I mean, probably <laughs> smoked weed before that. Yeah. If you think about it, I mean, look at tobacco use. Yeah. I think the two very much parallel one another in terms of early settlers. And yeah, I just, I feel like it was common and it became, Mm -hmm. there was a negative, negative, I guess, like on tobacco as, as we got more modern, but we'll get to that later. I think that's a weird thing too, because it, the cannabis plant originated from Asia, Western China area. And actually the, the guy who's known as the father of Chinese medicine, Emperor Shen Yang, Nung, he actually like added cannabis into his pharmacopoeia. So while he was like saying, oh, take this herb to help you with this ailment, take this herb to help you with this ailment. He had cannabis in that pharmacopoeia as well. Um, there's his, there's Hindu legends that say that, um, the gods like favored cannabis. Yeah. Buddhists, they love weed and yoga and weed go together so well, by the way. Yeah. Because it's, you're, you're focusing and you really get this like positive mental clarity. Well, in my experience, I get positive mental clarity. Um, there's I, this- that's what I was talking about with that mind body connection, mm-hmm. smoking, and then doing yoga is probably my favorite form of exercise. It's the best, like you totally just go to a different place. I love it. So <laughs> that's, that's funny that you say that. Cause I, I have a Peloton and I'm not athletic. Like I hate it. And the only reason I have it is cause like, I don't know, I was <laughs> capitalism took over my body and, but- I, and I was also <laughs> like, get it. I was like, oh, I got it. <laughs> that's how I would be. So I'm like, okay, we'll have this thing now. And I paid for, so I just like take my little vape. I get on that thing and they have Mm -hmm. this, this thing called like, it's called like lane break or something. And it's like a video game biking thing. And I'm just like, this is so much more fun. Like I'm like into it. I like went way longer than I would. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just, I felt more in tune with my body. I lost, um, I had huge weight loss transformations after each of my, um, children. And the first one, I did not use any weed at that time. Um, but I lost a hundred pounds. And then the second time I lost 70 pounds while I was smoking weed. So, and that's like a huge misconception. I think is that people automatically think, Oh, if I smoke weed, I'm going to eat everything. And like, yeah, you might Mm -hmm. at a certain point, but there are different strains. There's different terpenes, fla- fla- flavonoids. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but um, <laughs> the whole, you know, like the actual science of cannabis and how it works in your body is very interesting to me. I mean, especially as like a health coach, I think it not only helps with your mind, but it helps with your body. Mm-hmm. I mean, just like people say, if you're stressed out, get some lavender, mm-hmm. go put on some lavender essential oil or rub some lavender <laughs> lotion on yourself, those same terpenes are in some strains of weed. And so you can kind of gauge how do I, what, what's going to benefit my wellness right now? Do I need to be a little bit more alert? Do I need Mm -hmm. to be more creative? Do I need to be, you know, do I need to go to sleep Yeah. (laughs) or am I hungry? There's different terpenes that affect each of those things in your body. And 
it, I mean, the science of cannabis is so amazing because there's, a, I don't even know how many, but there's a million strains I'm guessing out there of different types. So I just love it. And I like different types right now. Yeah. I like mixing them up too. And like how you said, there's different things, like different strains uh, for different experiences. There's this Hindu legend that I was reading about that was saying that um, when kids or people got fevers back in India, ancient Indian times, the legend was that a fever was the hot breath of a God and Mm. that that God was angry at whoever was having the fever and that the gods would break your fever and have it go away if you smoked some cannabis. So actually, as you were saying, like it helps with all kinds of stuff, including breaking fevers since ancient. Wow. I don't think I've ever tried that. I mean, it, anyone who drinks and has had a hangover, which Mm -hmm. is probably every single person who's listening may minus one. Yeah. um, (laughs) If you smoke when you're hungover, oh my gosh. Oh, it's better than anything. It'll fix you. Yeah. I'm sitting here like a total novice, just listening (laughs) to both of you. And I've never smoked weed and worked out and I've never smoked weed after being hungover. Oh, it's the best. It'll make you not barf. Like, yeah, it'll take, take away your nausea. It'll make you just feel like you might be able to sleep better. Cause you know, when you have a hangover, you're actually, you might be passed out, but you're actually not getting that like REM sleep. Right. And Mm -hmm. so you may have been passed out for eight hours, but you didn't really get the rest of a full eight hours. Mm -hmm. And so you still feel like tired and, you know, not well the next day. If I smoke, I have the best sleep after that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I can go back to sleep too. Yes. Which is like hard sometimes, but, um, (laughs) it's actually true that marijuana and the use of cannabis, there's chemicals in it that bind to things in your stomach that really do reduce nausea. And again, in, in ancient India, they used, uh, cannabis to like stop kids from having seizures, to stop convulsions Mm -hmm. and to help people who had like, just like chronic vomiting or people, a lot of people who had caloria, they would give them cannabis and it would help them, you know, reduce the vomiting and everything because the THC, it interacts with your brain and it lessens it. So I have an anecdote for that, actually. Oh, a person close to me. I'm going to try to keep it as anonymous as possible just to protect their <laughs> privacy. Um, has a family member who was a child who suffered from severe epilepsy and other, you know, genetic diseases and conditions. Um, and they were one of the first people to participate in the cannabis study on children. There were about five of them, I believe, in Colorado. Wow. And when I tell you it changed her life, wow, and gave her normalcy and the fam, like this entire family's perspective changed yeah. and like for them to be able to have, you know, medication to rely on was, I mean, it alleviated not only the health conditions and the, you know, the things that the, this person child was dealing with, but it also helped, I believe, alleviate stress on the family. Like they could go to a restaurant and, you know, you know, when there's like a fan by a light 
Oh and God, the strobes. Yeah. yeah. Or, you know, like have you think about that. You're having to pick out a restaurant to go to and making sure the light's okay so that your daughter doesn't have a seizure, like alleviating that stress and knowing that she can go out and participate mm-hmm. in life. Like it's so profound. And I just, I think there's a negative stigma with CBD and THC and using it like microdosing or using it for medicinal purposes. And I just think that it can be so transformative. Can I tell you guys, it's so funny that you, not not funny, but such a coincidence that you said that because on my podcast episode that I released yesterday, I um, read a Canamom story. I'm trying to, oh, here it is right here. Um, I'll read it for you. It was was quick. I, so I posted on Instagram asking for women to send in their stories anonymously so I could read them on my podcast about how weed has helped them in some way as a mom. And so this person said, my son had seizures every four to six weeks. We got him medical marijuana and the seizures stopped. That helped me let him be more independent. So that's basically exactly what you just said. Yeah. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, when you actually see it happen, like, I think I was watching a video of this person having convulsion. They were going through a seizure and, um, their caretaker put CBD oil on their foot because apparently your foot, the bottom of your foot is very, um, or absorbs a lot. That's why you have like those, you know, those like, um, pads. pads. Yeah. Yeah. And like people who, love essential oils. They always say like, Oh, put it on your feet or whatever. So they rubbed this, uh, CBD oil on his foot and you could see it, the seizure slowly just tapered off and then was gone. And it was like the most amazing thing I've ever seen. I think it's that. And, uh, <laughs> Juliana Hoff, when she got, um, unwound, she had like a massage and she- do you remember that cash? <laughs> Well, you guys saw it too. Oh my God. I will never forget it. When Julianne Huff was like getting some weird massage. I feel like I sent it to you. Yes. And then she, I learned about it in my yoga training and I saw that and I was like, what the hell? It's called like like, possessed. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, like being crazy. (laughs) She said she had like some trauma. They say like it. Like you, um, when you start working with the myofascial tissue in between your organs, your muscles, your bones, all that stuff in between, there's actually like neurons that are all connected. And so you can like, the theory is, and I don't know if I subscribe to this yet, so I'm just sharing what I've learned, but (laughs) they said that if you massage the myofascial tissue in a certain way, you can like unlock trauma like bottle physical trauma and i the what happens i guess is those convulsions that comes out yeah like they and then they're but they're not even like lucid when it's happening like allegedly allegedly so she (laughs) allegedly so she must have just been so relaxed i mean yeah it was was a I can't lie to you it was it sounded like she was having an orgasm yes and it wasn't her brother there Oh my God. Stop, 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 stop. I okay. Sorry, 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 sorry. That relationship's <laughs> really dark to me. Okay. You're going to have to put a link to that video and you're yeah, yes. we'll tag it. Oh, no. <laughs> so you guys know, so you're yeah. not the only traumatized. We people. didn't make it up. <laughs> yeah. I think I watched it on a 60 minutes or something. 
Yeah. I think that's where I saw it because it's this like energetic healing or was it goop? That's oh, what it was. I, it was goop. the guy was on goop. I feel yeah, like it was when they, during COVID they released that like, um, uh, natural healing. I feel like episode. Oh my God. Oh my God. So, so crazy. Anyway. Um, well, marijuana was actually brought to America in like Western medicine in 1841. Mm -hmm. Um, and in the late 1800s, it was sold in pharmacies, like in America, Mm -hmm. just in a pharmacy used to treat like stomach issues, everything, all that. Well, think about, they used to put cocaine in Coke. Yeah. Well, didn't they, uh, didn't dentists use cocaine to numb Oh, people. That's why people like do the, the, whatever. Oh, I had no idea. That's an interesting thing. Like gummy or whatever it's called. When they like (laughs) rub it on their mouth. (laughs) I feel like Jackson. I saw that in a um, boardwalk or empire boardwalk or boardwalk empire on HBO. I never seen it. I think I saw it on that show. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I learned. (laughs) that's funny um in the 1900s the mexican immigrants introduced smoking marijuana to americans during the mexican revolution um and the unemployment and the social unrest during the great depression wait can i can we stop on that during that period of time because i think that was the most pivotal time in our history okay of why we are where we are today So, um, shoot, I have a post I need to share with you guys. There are three documentaries on Netflix that Mm -hmm. I highly recommend. One is weed the people that's about children who can, who are, um, using cannabis to cure their like chronic illness or, you know, help alleviate their pain. Um, and then the other one is the legend of 420. And I can't remember the last one, but the other two, they go through the history, like what you're talking about. But then they point out um, that they quoted a an actual government official, a white man saying that they needed to they needed to make marijuana illegal because women were going into jazz clubs and having sexual relations with black men. No. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, you know, it tracks for racism in America and sexism, but it's like everything you said that I was looking through, like it all just come, you know, confirmed everything that I've been reading from different sources for years now. Prohibition essentially Mm -hmm. comes, you know, sums down to racism. And the word marijuana is actually not it's like a slang word that came in with the Mexican immigrants that you mentioned. And it started it was actually like demonized that word was then turned into a like a derogatory term evil weed yeah yeah cannabis is the scientific name of the plant that's is that's existed for thousands of years before jesus we'll be back after a quick break 
Were you team Backstreet Boys or NSYNC, Britney or Christina, Simple Life or Newlyweds? With When They Popped, you don't have to pick a side because we're going to mention it all. When They Popped retells the stories of the late 90s and early 2000s biggest celebrities, trends, and phenomena like boy band mania, celebrity-based reality TV, and the rise of famous for being famous socialites. We'll unpack their rise to fame and uncover some facts you may have not known along the way. So throw up your away message and throw it back with us with When They Popped, available wherever you stream your podcasts. Before Jesus, yeah. Before Jesus. So we need to change before Jesus. <laughs> and it'll survive Jesus, god damn it. So yeah, I mean, during that time, I forgot his name. Um, I don't know if it's on your notes, but um whoever the DA was. Um, wait, did you have it in your notes? Sorry. Uh, I wrote wait. so many men's names. William Burke O'Shaganasi. No, that was 1841. Um, well, whoever was, um, who spearheaded prohibition, cannabis prohibition, they started releasing propaganda, which I'm sure you've seen later on too, but in the twenties and thirties, they were already releasing negative propaganda about cannabis and calling it marijuana and saying, it's like, oh, the Mexicans are doing that. There's mm-hmm. actual, you can go back and look, there's, um, like proof and evidence. Cause I know you guys like that with, you know. <laughs> There's proof, proof and evidence of them and their propaganda being racist and discriminatory towards Mexican immigrants. Mm-hmm. Well, that and makes it, sense. I mean, that's why I mean, a lot of people in the cannabis industry, that's why they they don't even say the word marijuana, because yeah, it's like it's almost taboo because we know where it came from now. And it's like. That's actually a very good thing to know. Because I didn't know that. (laughs) (laughs) I actually, so my daughter, she's 12. One of my daughters is 12. She, in her health class, she came to me and she said, um, because I've been open about my cannabis use with my daughter. Mm -hmm. I've been educating her on, you know, where prohibition stems from, like the history that we're going through, but then also explaining the health benefits and trying to educate her so that she doesn't feel like it's weird, you know? Yeah. And so she's, she came to me and said in health class, the teacher said that drugs are bad and they started talking about marijuana and I, and my daughter is part Mexican. Mm. So I was like, they said marijuana. (laughs) He's like, you need to, okay. And so it was a learning moment. It was a moment where I was like, okay, let me educate her. She went back and told her teacher, you know, um, yeah, my mom told me she actually played. Have you guys heard? Do you listen to Kevin Hart? His stand up? Yes. Yeah. Kevin it, has yeah. he has a bit where like his mom told him to go tell the teacher, like, tell her to mind her fucking business. <laughs> <laughs> and so my daughter, my daughter's into pop culture too. And she's like, um, so what you're saying is I can tell him. I was like, Yes, you can tell him. These are the facts. This is what I know. And you don't have to say, like, give your opinion. Right. Like, or just, be rude. Right. Yeah, or be rude at all. In fact, <laughs> you should be very friendly. And, <laughs> you know, I just try, try to teach my kids so that they know. And I think that's the best way to help move us into a, uh, into a direction where it's more normalized and destigmatized. Sorry a thousand percent. Track. <laughs> a thousand percent. Because really it's, this is the the pivotal point in American culture where it's like, like we were talking about 
20,000 or 2000 years before Jesus, this, this plant has been used to treat seizures, but so many ailments like has really, really been a beneficial thing. And then it comes to America and flips a switch gets, uh, flipped and they, in 1936, a movie came out called reefer madness that really portrayed, um, cannabis as very addictive and that it would bring about like mental disorders. And so of course that just sparks even more fear in people when we know based on the research that actually the use of cannabis helps a lot of mental ailments like depression, anxiety, other things that people need therapy for cannabis can be very helpful. Can I say something really quick? So yeah, <laughs> just the the addict when you brought up the addiction part I've gotten into arguments with my godfather he is a recovering alcoholic um has been for about oh I think over 30 years now and he we've gotten into arguments about weed and he habitually says weed is a gateway drug and mm-hmm. I am an avid defender that it is not mm-hmm and I keep telling, please correct me if I'm wrong in this, but I have always, if you are an addict, anything is a gateway drug. Exactly. You, know, you are more highly Sugar. susceptible mm-hmm. to being addicted to, or a mass consumer of weed, which then leads you to chase that high and find something better and, you know, develop your, your addiction. And so I told him, I said, no, look, weed may be a gateway drug for you. But for me, I can smoke a joint before bed or I can take a, you know, a five milligram THC gummy before bed and wake up and fully function the next day and never use it again. Yeah. So it's funny that you mentioned that because I had an addiction specialist on my podcast. Um, It was in the beginning of the season. I don't know how many episodes ago, but um we use James Kennedy from Vanderpump Rules as almost like a case study. Mm-hmm. And essentially Ooh. I told him, you know, the whole situation of what we know. And with a disclaimer, like we don't really know these people. They're not our like patients or anything. And this is just our opinion. Mm-hmm. But um, he agreed that at the end of the day, it's up to James and whether or not he chooses to continue smoking weed or not. Um, he, when J- There's a scene where James Kennedy said, why do I need to quit? It makes me feel better. I feel uh, my anxiety goes away. I can focus. I make bangers. (laughs) (laughs) Was that during the the reunion when he said that? He said that when Raquel's sister came to visit them. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think it got brought up again in the reunion when and, and he's I, like, I smoke weed. Yeah. Or, or right may have been watch what happens live. And he's like, yeah, I'm high right now. And it's like, yeah, I was like, if you look at him when he smokes weed, at least, I mean, to me, he's a completely different person than if he was consuming alcohol. Mm, it, I mean, consuming alcohol, he's erratic. He's bouncing off the walls. He's manic. Um, and I think when he was smoking weed, if you wouldn't have told me that I would have had no idea. He seems more, it's like somebody that takes Adderall. Mm-hmm. You know, where it's just leveling out that chemical imbalance. But I mean, that's coming from me. I'm not a doctor. That's just, yeah, <laughs> me neither. Well, that's also, my diagnosis. <laughs> going back to what you said, Lauren, um, about how people are able to use it to treat their depression, anxiety. I actually, 
I can give a testimony that I once was on Xanax, Zoloft, Ambien, Adderall. I think that's it. But I um, was, and this is after my health coaching certification. Like I was in a place where I was not doing well emotionally and mentally. And I knew that I needed to make a change. And that's when a good friend of mine who used to live in California and he like reminded me, you know, weed has medicinal mm-hmm. benefits. Have you ever considered? Cause I, after my first daughter, I completely just dismiss weed as being a part of my life because mm-hmm. of the legal reasons. I'm right. all about following the law. My father, if he ever knew that I like broke a law, oh. I would feel so ashamed. Oh no. <laughs> oh, so I'm like, oh my gosh, what do you like? I don't know. Cause I was smoking recreationally. It was decriminalized at that time, mm-hmm. but I was like, I don't know. And so I slowly started to experiment and I got to a point where I was able to get off of every single prescription medication wow. that I had. And I was just microdosing taking, I called them baby hits. I was Mm -hmm. taking baby hits of, you know, from a pipe or a bowl, whatever you want to call it and going and doing my work for two hours. Mm -hmm. And then I'd go take a break, which you should be doing every few hours. right? Right. I would go take another baby hit and then get back to work. And I was like, oh my gosh, I feel so much better. And it actually, like you said, with working out, I was able to go get out of my house and go for a walk. And Mm -hmm. I was able to lose like 40 pounds at that time. It's incredible. Like just what a little, it just feels like a little cloud that comes and sits underneath your butt and like lifts you up and helps you go along just like normally, you know, like I, I also suffer from mental ailments, like anxiety, depression, PTSD. Who doesn't? Who doesn't exactly like it needs to be more normalized for anyone to say, I have anxiety. I have depression. I don't know anyone who isn't dealing with some sort of like mental ailment. Like this is 2022. This world is fucked up, fucked up. And honestly, you can't even get abortions anymore. What the fuck? I might as well guy. So angry. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like, you know, it's just. It's just interesting how it's gone from being so helpful to so criminalized. And really, it was Nixon and his war on drugs. Also, after Prohibition, you know, that was one thing. And then mm-hmm. they pumped Nixon it up again. Out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People are started- like, oh, this isn't really, you know, big news. Let's hike it up a little bit more and start targeting people. Exactly. And so they passed um, the. Okay, well, this I thought was very interesting. Um, in between 1930 and 1962, the head of the U.S. Treasury Department Narcotics Bureau tried to prevent publishing of a joint study with the American Bar Association and the American Medical Association that concluded that penalties for marijuana usages were way too harsh. hmm Now, the American Bar Association is the one that lawyers join, and the American Medical Association is the one that doctors join. And so I just feel as though if both doctors and lawyers are being like, yo, it's a little brutal what you guys are doing, 
that maybe we just like take a moment, take a moment. So yeah, they, in 1970, the U S um, introduced the controlled substance act, um, And using, they basically said using cannabis has no accepted medical use and has a high potential for abuse. So we already know that that's not true, that there's a lot of medical uses for marijuana. Yeah. I don't know if you include it in your notes, but do you have the patent number or the, Mm -hmm. so, um, our government owns a patent, I believe on CBD which is oh. the one of the cannabinoids found only in cannabis. Mm-hmm. And it's been, oh, shoot, I need to find the number of the patent. I used to have it memorized. Wow. I didn't <laughs> But know there's that. literally like talk about hypocrisy. Yeah. Like it makes you want to rage. And cause I respect the law. I am like, I am all about following the law and changing the law as needed mm-hmm. because clearly when our constitution was written thing, we didn't have technology. Things have changed a right. lot. And even George Washington used to be a hemp farmer. Yeah. I mean, hemp was used so much for ropes and textiles and yeah, Do it's you know a very that- strong fibrous plant. Before I started um, making Luann mugshot t-shirts, I <laughs> wanted to do, um, I wanted to start selling apparel made of hemp Yeah, because it's actually also environmentally friendly and could, it could solve so many issues that we have. It removes toxic, heavy metals and toxins from the soil. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's so easy to grow. There's just so many numerous reasons for you know, growing hemp and using it, you can actually replace concrete with it. You can replace plastic with it, rope clothing. There's so many things. And so biggest, it's one of the biggest industries in California now, I'm pretty sure it should be because I mean, and this is, I'm talking about hemp. So for those who don't know hemp and marijuana or whatever you want to call it is (laughs) the devil's lettuce. (laughs) Yeah. They're both cannabis. The only difference between what people call marijuana and hemp is the level of THC potency. And so the U S government has decided what is an acceptable percentage of THC that we'll say is hemp. And it's like very, very little, you cannot have like, there's, it can only have a small traces of THC to be considered hemp and mm-hmm. they'll deny and they'll say, no, this is garbage and waste hemp like yes. because it's not allowed. And so but I try to sell hemp clothing. There's not even an infrastructure in our country to be able to manufacture hemp clothing. Huh. And so I would have to outsource. I'm like, this is so ass backwards. If I'm trying to help the environment and get clothes that are, you know, made from hemp in the U S I can't go and get source them from another country and have them being shipped over on a plane or on a boat using gas. Like this makes no sense. No sense. I agree. There's so many challenges. I'm sorry for taking us off. No, there, no, I agree with you. There really are. And I kind of wanted to like move into the like crime statistics and stuff now, because this to me, I find very interesting. 
Um, Wait, the ACLU. Yeah. Really quickly. Uh-huh. Did you mention that weed is still a schedule one drug? Right. Right. Like, I find so, that like, I feel like that's very, 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 very important. Like our government is still classifying marijuana as a schedule one drug along with, I mean, it's, that's with heroin, meth, mm-hmm. you know, drugs that have no medicinal benefit. That is where yeah. marijuana is lumped in the federal government. I just want to remind everyone that. And if you go to the DEA's website, they even recognize that marijuana has not contributed to any deaths in terms mm-hmm. of overdose or deaths directly related to marijuana use. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's a good Consumption. point. When we, when we talk about addiction, and people who are alcoholics or addicted to opioids or whatever, yep. you can replace. And I know people are like, oh, but you shouldn't be replacing one drug with another or whatever. You, but there is a significant impact when you take away all these deadly addictions. Mm. Yeah. Addictions that kill people on a regular basis, alcohol included. Oh, yeah. Annually, the numbers are ridiculous. You take away that and replace it with something that you know that that person is not going to die. Right. Why is that so awful? Because I've actually, I've used marijuana. I don't know why I'm saying marijuana. I've used cannabis to, to help me stop drinking at one point too. Yeah. So I know that there are benefits and it's not like I was completely dependent. Like there were times in my life where I used it and then I was able to just not use it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, there's, I think there are actual studies and proof that show there aren't any physical dependencies on cannabis versus we know that like with opioids and alcohol, you gain a physical dependency when you have that kind of addiction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can overdose and on mm-hmm. marijuana. I don't think there's been a record of an no. overdose. No, never. But I think cannabis did kill someone once when it like there was like a ton of it that fell on top of somebody on the sidewalk. <laughs> I mean, death I mean. by death by <laughs> dropping piano almost. It's like, you know. <laughs> um, but actually also in what I think is interesting about the schedule one drug cash. Thanks for bringing that up. The FDA has approved two prescription pills that use THC, um, as their active ingredient and it's Marinol, the backstop marijuana word we don't like and (laughs) Syndros. And they're used to guess what? Treat nausea caused by cancer, uh, chemotherapy and loss of appetite in patients who are suffering from AIDS. And so it's like in, in the moments ago, we were just talking about how the, the same government calls it a schedule one drug along the lines of like fentanyl and heroin. And then the same people are saying, uh, unless you're dying of cancer or AIDS, then this actually might help. It's like, it's a little nuts to me. I actually just found the patent number. I'm going to send it to you right now so that you can look at your liege, but um, it's a patent from the U S government on CBD. And then they say it's a schedule one right. drug. That's ridiculous. Only I've never it. been so outraged. Like I, again, I respect the law, but this is so wrong in so many ways that I cannot mm-hmm. Like it makes me so angry. And I know there are other areas in the law that are not, you know, right. Like abortion and things like that, but it's like, 
this one, I don't know why this one just makes me so upset because I feel like it has targeted people mm-hmm. of a certain skin color. And it also, it, there's, it trickles down too. So like your primary target were marginalized communities that you want to discriminate against, but now your own people, anyone is suffering because of it. And it's mm-hmm. just so ridiculous that they're willing to like continue down this road when it's insane. It's just so, I don't know. I like, this is why I just have to, I, it's, okay, it's I infuriating also because it's like for, for such a long period of time that this world has been around this ball of rock in the universe. Like this plant has been used for so many purposes, so many, and it's frustrating, annoying, and every other emotion you can think of that Mm -hmm. one movie, because one guy was mad at marijuana, like can really shift I mean, if they, if they say you can't make a change in this world, just look at the guy who helped criminalize <laughs> marijuana. <laughs> that is such a good quote. I love <laughs> hilarious. And Jenny, just to go off of your, um, the comment you made about marijuana and the impact that it's had on certain communities, mm. a great documentary, obviously it's very different. It's about um, the crack ep- epidemic within mm-hmm. the African-American community. It's freeway crack in the system. It's about freeway R- Rick Ross. And no, I'm not talking about the rapper. I'm talking <laughs> about the, <laughs> the well-known, well-known um, drug dealer out of S- South central LA. And it talks about the complicity with basically the CIA and the crack e- epidemic and how really nothing was done to combat it. And yeah. I watched it years and years ago, but it's very interesting. And I think if you watch that, you'll see the parallels with weed and it's just, it's it's free. I think it's freeway Rick Ross or freeway freeway crack or something. I watched it on Hulu a while ago and I watched it because in law school, I actually did a research paper on freeway Rick, Rick, Rick Ross, and then Rick Ross, the rapper. And there was a defamation, not a defamation, but a, intellectual property lawsuit that was brought up because rick ross oh was God. using this guy's name <gasps> and, and he was, Wait, what was the outcome life. did he win or lose no he lost okay yeah because <laughs> i mean rick ross can still use his name yeah but i'm like can you do that if somebody's yeah. like you can't That's have the same name, name as me <laughs> yeah but God. it is I mean, you're seeing a lot of people now, obviously, in the state of California. I mean, they passed, what was it, Prop 64? What was it? Oh, yeah. Was it Prop 64, the wobbler? I don't remember. There have been so many props, like. No, Prop 64, I think, was the legalization of weed. Oh, my God, there's so many. But there was a prop that was passed that created, like, wobbler crimes from felon something that could be you were charged as a felony but it could have been actually a misdemeanor and a lot of that was weed related crimes Mm -hmm. and so there was a mass thing here in california where people were being released your sentences and convictions were being expunged i mean then people are being released yeah i I mean obviously not on a federal level but on a state level people are in california so i have a question for you guys Mm. um 
when I was looking at the research that you sent over, um, and it all like legit, I already, like, I didn't know the exact numbers, but, um, it all seemed familiar. I was looking at it and I was like, wait, oh my gosh, I just forgot, but hold on. I got distracted and now wait, who does the editing for this? me? Lord. <laughs> Are you like a good editor? Because I need you to take that out. But yeah. um, I totally lost track of what I was thinking. And now I now I feel stupid. So I don't um, the numbers you were thinking about looking at the numbers. I know. Well, I had two things. One, I think uh, when I was reviewing that 110 page oh document, God, I know, right? I was looking at all these numbers and I'm like, why aren't they putting dollar amounts next to each of these? Because Every person who's in jail right now, that our reform system is not completely nonprofit. Is that correct? Like people are making profit off of jails right now. Yes, correct. I have a family member who literally profits off of jail. Yeah. So when I saw those numbers by state of how many people were in jail for weed still, Oh, now I remember what my question is. I'm going to ask you before I forget. So how is it that weed is decriminalized, but people are still getting arrested and going to jail for weed? For weed? Yeah. So, okay. So that's actually, this is something. So in California, it is legalized, but you can only possess, I think it's 28.5 grams. So about an ounce of marijuana you can legally transport. And I think it's a different. I think it might be eight grams or something if it's a like a tincture or um, it's an eight. oil of some kind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it legalizes it, but it doesn't mean that you can just continue to drive around with 800 pounds of marijuana <laughs> in the back of your car and illegally like you can't you have to legally sell it now. It's just right. like you can't illegally sell or manufacture um, alcohol in the back of your in your in your house and then go on the street and sell it. Right. You know, okay, like so they're, they're not like pulling people over at traffic stops and then arresting people based on their color because they have weed or they may not have weed or whatever, but well, I mean, that's, a very, that's a very general statement. I mean, I, I don't know I mean, what's happening on the streets, but yeah. Well, I mean, that's what we, the, the research shows us, I guess, quote unquote, but like, so does that mean that they are doing like sting operations? They're like, how are they targeting these people is what I want to know. Okay. So a lot of the marijuana, at least in terms of people transporting, they are committing another crime that is making the officers pull them over and stop them. And then when they're conducting a search of their vehicle, they are then locating the marijuana. Yeah. So either they have are speeding, they don't have a proper license plate, they don't have a driver's license or license is suspended, you know, whatever it may be. So technically they, it could be at a traffic, like it's not, they're pulling them over to get them for weed because they're, no, I mean, unless, unless they had, I guess, unless there was a huge sting operation related to like a mass manufacturing of weed, but I'm not privy to any of that. I mean, I know, I mean, I, I don't even really want to say this, but I mean, I know basically if you're pulled now over weed in the state of California and you have a reasonable, like say 50 grams, 
you're not going to jail. You know, they're going to let you go because that's what the officers are going to write up a ticket and cite you. And then you're going to go to court and it's just going to get dismissed. But Mm -hmm. I will tell you, the only problem I have with marijuana is marijuana, like cannabis DUIs, um, weed DUIs, because that is a really strange area right now because of in California, obviously with the legalization, you have now greater access to it, but we DUIs are almost impossible to prosecute. They're very, very, very difficult to prosecute because with regular DUIs, alcohol DUIs, you have a standard, right? So you have 0.08 or blood alcohol, blood alcohol, right? And with marijuana, there's like this per se of, I think it's like five nanograms per milliliter. But that it's not a hard study. It's not a hard um, because it's so difficult to measure. Yeah. And again, like if I were to be pulled over with and I had just smoked weed. Oh, my gosh. My dog's outside. We out. can't hear it. I can't. No, hear she's it. like out at the neighbor's house. I can see oh. her walking through the fence. Oh, Do you no. need to go get her? She's so naughty. No, I'm just going to let her wander. She's so naughty. She's so <laughs> naughty. She's so bad. But anyways, going back, like my, if I am not as an avid smoker or somebody that smoked in the last year, if I were to take a hit of weed, right. there's two different levels. You have your yeah. Delta nine and you have your carboxy, right? If you were to pull blood samples, so two different numbers will pull up a Delta nine and a carboxy Delta nine is based on your current consumption where your carboxy, like your carboxy levels, Jenny would be very high if you were avid yeah. consumer but that's not indicative of somebody that's just consumed. Mm. So it's so difficult. And so when you get pulled over for a drug DUI, oftentimes, I mean, in California, they have to have a drug recognition expert come out of an officer who specializes in drug impairment. And so they're looking for certain physicalities and certain physical, like dilated pupils, you know, uh, vertical gaze nystagmus um like green film on your tongue elevated pulse like there's what? all these different green like, film on your tongue <laughs> brush <laughs> no you'd be you'd be surprised <laughs> really you'd be surprised wait wait um, I, would, I don't understand that wait so if you smoke weed you get a green tongue like literally you could get a film on your tongue and mostly i'm assuming it's from people that are smoking blunts mm. And you get like a, a film on your tongue. Oh. <laughs> oh my God. Were you thinking something else? <laughs> no, I, I get it now. I know oh. what you're talking about now. And I'm like, are you kidding me? This yeah. Me. So they're looking I know at- you're, like with from a Dutch or a Philly, like the cigar stuff. So that means you could be smoking a cigar, a real cigar with tobacco. But- but you have to remember, this isn't just an, that they're not arresting you based on just green film on right, your tongue. Right. They're going off of smell observation of marijuana in the vehicle, admission of smoking marijuana before driving, you know, HGN, VGN. So, I, I have to go back and look, but I don't know if VGN's attributed to marijuana anymore. It might be other like say, opioids. When you say smell, and I, I like this topic, I know it's weird to say, but <laughs> the smell of marijuana or cannabis, whatever you want to call it. I think that's interesting because now we have concentrates, mm-hmm. right? And so what if some rookie who's never smoked weed in their life takes a huge fat dab, doesn't smell like weed, and then goes and drives? Is that, that I think is very reckless versus like 
I took one hit. I'm a regular consumer. I microdose throughout the day. I just took one hit and now I'm about to go get in the car 30 minutes later or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like that to me is a, a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Do they take that kind of stuff into account? I mean, the officers aren't, the <laughs> officers are going to arrest you, arrest you if they believe there's probable cause to yeah. find you were impaired for purposes of driving. The, I mean, the science of it all comes out during a trial and during hearings. But if an officer believes that you're impaired for purposes of driving and remember, they're also looking at your driving pattern. <laughs> like, if okay, wait, really- so you might have to edit this part out, but I am half Asian mm-hmm. and I smoke weed. What <laughs> if I'm just a bad driver? <laughs> and what if like, then do I, mean- I go to jail because they're like, you have THC in your system and I see the <laughs> officer. Well, remember, remember the officer there is no field sobriety like there is no like in with alcohol there's a pre- preliminary alcohol screening test that they can use yeah. on scene to yeah. test your blood alcohol level that does not exist for marijuana right, right now yeah so it is purely based on observations of the initial arresting officer the drug recognition expert and again, they are using their judgment and their expertise. Like these DREs go to training for quite some time. Like there, there are only a handful of them that exist. Like they're not, every officer is not a DRE. And the reason is, is because it's such an expertise. And I mean, they're very knowledgeable in everything drug use. Mm-hmm. And so, and trust me, when you are pulled, hold on, let me pause kind of like what cash is saying, like there's all the science stuff that has to come out at the trial. So it's like, you know, when you get pulled over right, right away, like the kid who just took a massive dab and is, you know, a lightweight is going to look faded and is probably going to be like, not okay. Whereas like, I'm like you, I, I microdose throughout the day. If I took a hit now and waited 30 minutes, I mean, I don't even think I would even be high anymore. Like at all. Right. I know. Sam. Yeah. So it's like, it's just so different. They'd have to test, test you, I guess. Well, yeah, you had, so with a marijuana DUI, you have to do a blood test, you mm-hmm. know, so they have to get a search warrant or you have to consent to the blood draw. Can and then the extra, what can you say now? No, they'll get a search warrant. You can say no, but then they'll get yeah, a search yeah, you warrant can't and do say, it anyway. You can say no, but they'll get so Should you do that though? Isn't that what they I I'm watch a lot of like I need channel on Dateline. <laughs> um I say, so if I get pulled over and they say I'm intoxicated on weed, can I call you guys? Well, can I tell you something in the state of California? Yes. If you get pulled over for a DUI, they give you a, an advisement that if you deny a blood test or if you deny a test that your license will then get suspended. And a lot of people what? still, yeah. So there's an, yeah, because that's a thing. Mm-hmm. Is that every state? California. I think it's it's like that here yeah. too. Like if you deny a, um, a DUI test or like a breath alcohol test, they could like arrest you or something, but what? Oh, wait. Okay. Me- I don't know why this is making me think of this, but what do you guys think about not being able to have a license for a gun if you're a medical marijuana patient? Oh, oh, I that That's doesn't make what, I don't that exists right now. I think really? in my state too, and I have a I'm a medical marijuana patient, but my husband isn't. So, like for our household, I feel 
comfortable. Like if, I mean, we don't have any guns, but like, if I wanted a gun, I yeah. want to be able to go get a gun, you know, mm-hmm. like not to like do no, anything that's an anyone, interesting but to protect thought. myself. Mm-hmm. And they're saying that like, what medical marijuana patients aren't competent enough to own a gun. That is bizarre to me. I yeah. am a, a marijuana. Uh, I don't want to say marijuana now. I feel so bad. <laughs> I know. I, keep sorry. I didn't mean to shame you guys. <laughs> no, when it's we okay. know better, we do better, <laughs> but it's hard. I know but, it's um, hard to change it. It's taken me years. Yeah. It it's, it's hard, but I totally forgot what I was going to say now. Oh, going back to, um, wait, Lauren, uh huh. can I pause? I have to go. I have to go. I can hear my neighbor's dog barking. Okay. And that means Stella's probably in the backyard. I really, I have to jump Stella? off. So. Okay. That's my yeah. daughter's name. She's oh. a monster. She's a monster. She's a nightmare. A little bit, but she's my youngest. So. No, she's ruining my life one day at a time. So I apologize for having to exit. That's okay. Um, tell people don't smoke marijuana and drive. Okay. I will tell them. <laughs> Keep that in. Okay. Don't smoke marijuana and drive, please. please I would please. recommend that as well for now until like we get. Do more... not smoke marijuana and drive. It is too risky, and you do not yeah. want to get in a car accident or yeah. to hurt somebody. Um, I just like alcohol. I I mean, anyways. But it was wonderful meeting you, Jenny. I apologize yes. for dipping, but no I hope you guys have a great I rest of your hang combo. Out with you guys all day. I know, right? <laughs> Law stuff. Law's my hobby. Right. <laughs> Okay. Bye guys. Bye. 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 Bye cash. Um, one thing I did want to say when you were, uh, earlier asking about, um, how it seems like minorities, or it seems like it's a fact that minority people are prosecuted for having marijuana more than white people. Mm -hmm. And I believe it's a thousand percent because cops police minority neighborhoods more. And so they're going to make more arrests and they're going to prosecute more. And that's just unfair. Well, why use your resources for marijuana? Like if you see somebody or you're like, okay, we think we suspect that they have this huge operation where they're selling drugs Mm -hmm. and we got to get them and they find out, oh, they're just like growing plants and they're weird gardeners, like super nerdy guys who like like to garden. most people that I know that grow are like literally chemistry yeah. nerds that are like, yes. oh, I'm, I'm going to repopulate this one and do this and that. And it's like, Girl, I think so. One of the reasons why I'm so passionate about everything, I mean, there's many, many reasons, but I told you about how I got off of my prescription medication and was only microdosing on weed. And it was because my good friend had reminded me, hey, weed is medicinal. Uh huh. So he was there throughout my journey of, you know, transitioning and having this transformation. And at the time in New York, weed had been decriminalized, but concentrates mm-hmm. were still illegal. Oh. And he loves weed loves to grow it his parents both grow it like it's something that's like it's almost like a connection that he has with his parents so like he just loves that plant right and then after I got off my medication and I'm like dude we need to like do something with this plan like we need to just spread the education and information he got arrested 
Whoa. For growing plants and went to jail. Oh my God. Yeah. And I'm like, I could cry right now because I wrote him letters while he was in jail. And I, I it broke my heart that because of technicalities. Yeah. And like, granted, I mean, I'm a, I'm a law follower. So if I got even a warning, I would probably be too scared to do anything. Yeah. (laughs) But like, (laughs) I know that, but, but then, you know, to what point if, if I'm taking care of myself and I'm like, no, I'm not going to stop doing this. Mm -hmm. And you know, like, then I might just keep doing it. So at the end of the day, it was so upsetting for me that my friend, good friend who helped, helped you change my life. Yeah. How to go to jail for this. And it's just, it makes me so infuriated mm-hmm. and it actually happens to be that he was white, but imagine being in a community where it's not all white people and you're right. in a marginalized community and these people are being, their lives are being ruined. My friend ruined does not want to even think about going into the business of weed. And he loves it. Like that's all he's known his entire life. And so I just, just recently got him to kind of like flip the switch a little bit. I was like, listen, we don't have to touch the plant because uh-huh. it's when you touch the plant, that's when everyone's looking at you, right? Mm-hmm. There are so many ancillary businesses, so many things you can do in the industry outside of touching the plant that you can make a career out of. And so mm-hmm. we started throwing around ideas and now he's like a little bit more jazzed about it, but it's like, it's sad for me because I look at him as like a little brother yeah. and to see him be so traumatized by this and I mean, to know that he can't like, he has an engineering degree. We went to the same engineering school and like one of our competitors is MIT. Like, yeah, he could get a job. He just does not want to do that. He wants to work with weed. And Mm -hmm. so to see him have to like give up his passion because of his trauma and like that whole thing, it just makes me so upset. It's so upsetting, especially after we just spent like over an hour talking about how much benefit that this plant can offer people literally stopping children from having seizures. I can't understand how you can criminalize that. Exactly. You're an asshole. Yes. And I want everyone who's listening to go check out Weed the People on Netflix. And they should be paying me, but they're not. We'll try to get them to pay you. I I just love that documentary so much. I mean, I I thought it was going to be like entertaining. And then I turn it on and I was sobbing for like two hours. Because it sounds like the perfect afternoon. I mean, (laughs) I like to cry sometimes. But I mean, it really is great. I'm, I don't know. I think it, it opens people's eyes because we don't know these things because even on social media, mm-hmm. we are being shadow banned. We're being yes. censored. Mm-hmm. I've had like three different accounts already. I have to start from scratch every time. Like they are just making it so hard for us. Right. And, and it's ridiculous and pointless. Yeah. But that's why I'm starting my program. <laughs> Yes. Oh, help any programs. Yeah. So I'm starting my program to help particularly can moms, but it really could be used for any, any, anybody who wants to start in the cannabis industry and really pivot or pivot their career into the cannabis industry or scale their current business. I have the, 
such great experience to share with everyone. And I know that I can help anyone who's willing to put in the hard work because this is not like a, oh, be an influencer Mm -hmm. and make lots of money type of scheme. Like, no, this is if you want to make a legit business and it's not just on social media, it's off on and Mm -hmm. off. Like just we'll start from scratch and I'll help everyone along the way. That's so cool. Where can people find that? Um, right now I do have a link I'm going to have to share with you. It's like a male chimp link. Oh, cool. <laughs> for sign up, um, to get information because I'm currently working on it. I haven't launched it yet. I'm doing a live launch where I'm going to actually be oh, teaching live and coaching live and going through all the activities. When you walk out of my program, you're going to have your own custom design career path and roadmap wow. for yourself. So it'll be specific for each person. Like I said, I have my health coach certification. All of this is like around holistic wellness and just living your life to the fullest and being happy in all areas, but not just your physical health, but your mental, emotional, spiritual, financial, career, relationships, everything. That's kind of what I'm all about. <laughs> yes. Love it. The whole package. Thank you. We, so we didn't much. talk. We didn't talk about anything related to Bravo, really. I know. I was like thinking that. I was like, um, wait. I was gonna talk about all of like Bravo, but we talked about Glonessa for a while. We did. We did. <laughs> we'll true. have to come back and do it again. <laughs> One thing I do want to say about Bravo and cannabis is that I think if Bravo took the initiative to be a trailblazer mm-hmm. and showed the positive sides of cannabis they could do amazing things with it. Mm-hmm. And I think they wouldn't have to come up with all these weird new shows that they're releasing. Yeah. But did you I see agree. there's like six new shows coming out? Yeah. Yo Girlfriends of, of Paris. Like, yeah. Love of Ballroom or something. Yeah. There's ballroom one sounds like a 90 day fiance, like love without borders. I think that's what it's called. Yeah. I'm like, mm, I don't want to see you. a bootleg version of something that's trending. <laughs> right. It's like, okay, if I want to watch Dancing with the Stars, I can. Yeah. And if I want to watch TLC, I also can do that. Yeah, exactly. So I'm hoping that I think Bravo is in a good position within like all the networks to mm-hmm. really take it and run with it. But well, know, especially I don't, I don't with like them. So especially with Andy, he's like, likes marijuana or I'm so sorry. I keep saying that he partakes and, um, you know, (laughs) he's wearing, um, he wears like, uh, so actually I didn't even think of Bravo and blaze, like putting it together until I was watching watch what happens live. And Andy had on this like luxury sweater that uh-huh. cost like $500. Cause I asked him where, where did you get that? He <laughs> sent me the link. I was like, what the fuck? But <laughs> okay. it, had, it was like a luxury sweater with a pot leaf. Oh, and, I was like, and he was wearing it on watch what happens live. And it, sometimes he does talk about it sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he's doing it a little bit more lately. Mm-hmm. So I do feel like I'm, you know, I'm crossing my fingers. I'm just hoping that Bravo will take it and run with it. But if not, I'm going to continue. <laughs> then Jenny, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to keep doing it, whether they do it or not. I hope that they do. Cause obviously I love Bravo, but right. You know, I got to stick with what my uh, mission is. So, yeah. Yeah. 
Well, thank you so much for coming on. This was so fun. I could hang out with you guys all day. Are you going to BravoCon? We want to go to BravoCon. So bad. When do they sell Uh, the tickets? Oh, God, I don't know. I'm stressing. I had nightmares for weeks after or before the last one was supposed Uh to happen. Because I was like, why aren't they putting the tickets out. What if I don't get one? It's like happening in a month and I don't know. Yeah. And then they canceled it. Cause I was in denial of COVID at that time. I was yeah. like, COVID's done. Yeah. Then, we're over it. But then they canceled it. And I was like, so devastated. I went into this like Dorinda spiral and like cameo <laughs> spiral. I was like, so I'll pay anything. Just give me some Bravo <laughs> celebrities. I was like a crackhead. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Bravo is my drug. Bravo is my drug too. And weed is not a drug. Bravo is a drug. I'm addicted. Bravo is the gateway drug. Bravo is the gateway drug. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. I hope we do get to hang out though in person at some point. Yeah, me too. Yes, BravoCon. Fingers crossed. Yes. Well, thank you so much. Um, And thank you guys for listening and go follow Jenny at Bravo and Blaze. And where can we get all your swaggy merch? Bravoandblaze.com? Yeah, bravoandblaze.com. I have merch. And then again, my program is launching soon. I also have another account at JenningBlaze420. I'm doing lots of things. I'm busy. Yay. We love it. (laughs) Thank you so much. And we will hear from you guys next week. Bye.